Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Now, you all know Father Time is undefeated. Father Time has the ultimate dynasty. Father Time has never even played in a close game. Never trailed. Never been even in any danger. Father Time will not lose. The undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champion of the history of the world and will never lose. Never in a close game. And I can't think of a better example of Father Time's dominance than the past 24 hours. Father Time just racked up three of his biggest dubs ever. Three incredible all-time football coaches just had incredible all-time runs come to an end at essentially the exact same time. And we're talking about arguably the greatest pro football coach ever, arguably the greatest college coach ever, or a third guy who happens to be one of three men ever to win a Lombardi and a Natty. We're talking about 72-year-old Pete Carroll, then 72-year-old Nick Saban, and now this morning, the end of the reign in New England for 71-year-old Hoodman. It really is over. Chowed half fam. It's over. Bill Belichick is done, at least in New England. Now, I don't think Hood will think that he's done until he chases down Don Shula. And I'll get into this with Tom Curran later on, but this was not the way it was supposed to end. Generally, things don't end the way they're supposed to end. Not for star athletes. I talk about it all the time. Guys, gals, they rarely get to go out on their own terms. Neither will the Hood. And it's fitting, isn't it? Given all the players that he ran off over the years, is it not fitting that Bob Kraft is going to run him off too? And I'm not piling on. And I'm not saying it to be obnoxious. It's just fitting. Like, I don't think Hood will think that he's done until he runs down Don Shula. We know that. But Bob Kraft clearly had seen enough to accept that that record is going to have to be set somewhere else. You know Kraft wanted more than anything for him to get that record there. But he's a businessman. Business is not booming. He has seen enough. And now the hood man is gonzo. Question is, where does he end up? It seems like the inside or the front runner with the inside lane right now is the ATL, Atlanta. I could argue that Washington makes sense. I could argue that the Chargers, from the hood man standpoint, the Chargers absolutely make the most sense. That to me would be the best gig. Now, that doesn't mean that the Spanos family wants to chip him off, because I'm sure they don't. That doesn't mean the Spanos family wants to give him the power that I'm sure he wants, because they probably don't. But if you're just looking at it from a pure fit and a pure football standpoint, of course that's the best opportunity. They've got the quarterback. They've got the underachieving defense. That's the best spot for him to go. But it doesn't mean he'll end up there. It just means that he's not going to finish in New England. So wherever it is, the hood is going to change the logo on that sleeveless hoodie next season. Apparently, Kraft and Belichick met multiple times this week, and apparently it was all mickable, and both parties, quote, took the high road, end of quote, whatever the hell that means. If they both took the high road, why are they having separate pressers today and not answering questions? That road does not seem that high. 
But in the end, it's pretty clear that Bob Kraft got his way, which is probably for the best because if the Hood tried to stay to win those last 15 games, it might take 15 more years. It was time. It was time. The team needs a talent overhaul. The team needs a new quarterback. And it never made sense to let Belichick stay and perform that rebuild or that overhaul or pick that quarterback. You know why they need that overhaul? Because of Hood. And he was never going to give up the power or his final say. You know that whole thing about how, you know, I'd be willing to cede some power. I'd be willing to give that up. Yeah, doubt that. Doubt that. He hasn't had to answer to anybody for a quarter of a century. He was just going to start right now, there. Doubt that. It begs a very interesting question, though. Like, I wonder what the market is for the hood. Now, he's not getting any younger. Things got really pretty stale and played in New England. And if he's going to insist on that kind of power and autonomy at that age, given what's gone down the last few years, I wonder what the market would be like for him. I could argue he's the GOAT. You hire him. But I could also argue that, you know what? He's not what he was. Still a great coach. But is he willing to only coach? We'll get into all these things. But I want to say this. I do want to say this. Before we get into all of that, I do want to toss the mumbler some bleeping credit. The man won 17 division titles in 24 years. 17 division titles in 24 years. The Patriots franchise had won four division titles in their entire existence before this guy showed up and started chopping off his sleeves. Then he ran off 17 in 24 years. Meanwhile, no other coach in the history of the Shield has ever won their division more than 13 times. Hood took the Pats to the Super Bowl nine times. Nine times. Wrap your head around that figure. Nine. And he won six. And get this. Over his 24 seasons of leading the Pats, the other 31 franchises employed a combined 213 head coaches. Another mind-blowing stat. Look, we all know that Belichick was incredibly fortunate to have Tom Brady. And yes, he was 249 and 75 with bacon face. And then he was 84 and 103 without bacon face. Bacon face bounced and immediately got himself another strap. But it's not like those wins with bacon face don't count. You want to have your doubts about Hood's ability to win the NFL in his 70s without Brady? I think that's fine. That's fair. It is. It's reasonable. But it's also undeniable that with Brady, Hood was the single greatest football coach in NFL history. It's a crazy run, and it's a run that we're never going to see ever again. And the thing that's amazing to me, and I'll get to Nick Saban and Pete Carroll too, but the thing that's amazing to me about all three of them, starting with the Hood, is the guy's not done. He very clearly did not want out. He very clearly is not ready to mumble off into the sunset. And I don't think it's only about that record. I think what's going to happen with the hood, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I think he's got a similar mindset to Baconface. Baconface busted out and clearly wanted to prove that he could win somewhere other than New England. 
And he did. I don't doubt for a second that Bill Belichick has got an extremely high level of motivation to prove that he can still win and do so outside New England. I don't think that he's only in it for that record. I mean, he wants the record for sure. But I think he also wants to prove very badly that I'm relevant. I can still win. My system still works. And most of all, I want to show you all that I can win outside of New England. See, to me, that that might be the most impressive thing about all these old guys. Pete Carroll, 72. Peter, 72. William, 71. They've had amazing careers, amazing longevity, yet they still want more. They're not looking to find a beach. They're not looking to find a golf course. Both of these dudes went into this week wanting more. Neither of these dudes came into this week thinking they were done. And they both might not be done. The rumors are already flying around about how the hood is going to end up here or there or someplace else. As I mentioned, the Falcons seem like they have the inside track right now. And they're not the only ones. The hood man is going to don a new hood. The question is, how long will it take him to get those 15 games, those 15 wins? Obviously, it depends on where he ends up. And then the next question, who will inherit the throne? Who's going to be the one to follow the goat? According to reports, the leader in that clubhouse is still Gerard Mayo. That's nothing new. We've heard this for a long time. Bob Kraft has been very deliberate with his succession plan and reportedly has been setting it up for a long, long time. Kraft's plan all along, reportedly, has been Mayo. But Kraft's plan all along probably never involved one pretty important factor, and that factor is Mike Vrabel. You know, on the one hand, you might think to yourself, look, Kraft is not going to deviate. Kraft has been setting this up a certain way for a long, long time. The plan is already in place. The plan is in motion. You can make that argument. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly. How do you like that? All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, you do have to use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. The crown is yours, and you do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I don't know exactly what's going on there. If it were me, now that Vrabel is on the table, to me, that situation has changed completely, at least in my opinion. I understand that Kraft had a plan. I understand that Kraft wants to promote from within. I understand that Kraft wants to take care of a promising head coaching candidate who's already in the building and knows the Patriot way. I get all that. I respect all that. But you might want to tweak that approach. There's no way that Kraft expected Vrabel 
to be available. But now that he is, you got to give that guy serious consideration. You have to. Because Vrabel is a proven commodity. Vrabel has already done it. He's already done it on a high level. He's already done it on a high level without a great quarterback. Vrabel has even beaten the Patriots in New England in the playoffs, a.k.a. the game that ended bacon face in New England. And let's face it, it pretty much ended the hood in New England too. Not only has Gerard Mayo never been a head coach for a single game on any level, he's also a straight-up continuation of Hood's program. He's a Hood protege. He may be his own man, but so was everybody else who fell off that tree, that Hood tree. I'm not saying that he's not a, a solid coaching prospect. I think he is. But I'm going to say that the Hoodman's coaching tree has not produced any decent fruit. And if the Pats are looking for a new way, it doesn't necessarily seem like they're going to get that with a guy who's already there. Now, Vrabel, on the other hand, to me, threads the needle in that he's an all-time Patriot. He's heavily influenced by Belichick. He is loved within the organization. He himself loves the organization and the community, but... But he left the family business, he went out on his own, he made his own way, and he killed it. He did great. He went outside of that rotting hoodman coaching tree. So who would you pick, Half Chowds? I'll put it out to you. I'm going to say it. Nothing against Mayo. I think the guy's a really bright guy and a really good coaching prospect. He just hasn't done it yet. I know what I'm getting in Vrabel. If Vrabel has an interest, you bring that guy in. That's the guy you hire, to me, because he's already done it and succeeded. But, Patriot fans, I want to ask you, who do you want? What's your reaction to the news, and who do you want? Or is it neither of those two, and do you want somebody else? And one more thing. Outside of all that, I'm kind of curious. For the rest of you, who would you rather have right now as a head coach? And I'm not saying this for effect. And this is no hot take question. This is legit. At this point in time, who would you rather have? Belichick or Carroll? Not who's had a better career. Who would you rather have right now in this moment? Belichick or Pete Carroll? A mumbler or a speed talker? A pretty miserable dude chasing a pretty incredible all-time record or the most positive upbeat dude ever doing it for the love of the game and the love of pulverizing gum you know the most competitive guy you know how with Pete Carroll he says I thought that was so rich what he said kind of cheesy but rich you know how everything's competition with Pete Carroll you know competition Tuesday everything's competition Carroll goes I competed as hard as I could to keep that job he wants to coach He didn't want to leave. Believe me, that guy wants to coach. Who would you rather have right now? These guys are in similar age, but Carroll is still shot out of a cannon with all that crazy, cheesy energy and enthusiasm. Like, I wish I had more time for the gum assassin. But he kind of got upstaged, right, in the past 24 hours. Same goes for you, red ass. I got your flowers too, Nick. I do, believe it or not. I got a lot of flowers that I've got to give out to some very unlikely dudes today. And you all know I've had my fun. 
at the expense of the hood man and the speed talker and the red ass. But the reality is this. They all deserve all the praise and all the run that they're getting today because they are three of the very best to ever do it. And this sport will never, ever be the same. Football, honestly, and this is not hyperbole, the sport will never, ever be the same because of what has transpired over the past 24 hours. Three all-time greats moving aside, stepping down, maybe calling it a day. You know, Chowds, half fam, frankly, today is the end of a, how do I put this? Era. 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 I got to say, I feel right now what I feel emotionally. Like, I'm going to ask you how you feel. Patriot fans, how do you feel? 1-8-0-0-6-3-6-8-6-8-6. How do you feel? What is today like? Even if you knew this day was coming, it's here. How does it feel? Me? What I feel right now is tremendous gratitude. Because the fact of the matter is, we had to build a second plant adjacent to the content factory just to keep up with the Belichick demand. The content that Bill provided over the years exceeded all of our wildest dreams. Am I right, half fam? Even if the guy never ever said anything at all, he provided all this content. So frankly... What I'm feeling right now for Bill and his legacy and for all those endless segments of content for my Bill impression, what I'm really feeling more than anything else, the feeling, the feeling is more than a feeling. Oh, good morning. What's going on? Got any stories this week? <laughs> what difference does it make? Give me an F. Give me a C plot. I mean, I don't really, it doesn't matter. Give me whatever you want. I don't care. We're going to take a day to day. It's like we always do. You know, I don't agree with that. So, you know, just you go down on your soliloquy. But I just don't agree with that. It's already been addressed. Told you everything I know. Who cares? If you have any other questions, really, you should take it up with our public relations department, which is very capably run by Stacy and his staff. Oh, Catholic. We're just trying to win the game. That's all. Yeah, I was at the game. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Seattle. Told you everything I know. Uh, we're trying to do everything we can to help you out. Sorry, you're offended. I can't remember. Sometimes during a week, instant chat. No days off! I'm not going to go back and rehash all that. Snap face. Today's Friday. Are we doing pretzels for lunch? Seriously. Just working on the jet. Put it out there on, you know, Twitter and, and my face. <laughs> get ready for Kansas City. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, my focus is on getting ready for the Colts. Bill, do you want to stay here and keep coaching the Patriots? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this week getting ready for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, you got to put somebody out there. Yeah, we just got back from Germany here, so. Bill, you said you guys need to start over. What does that entail? Starting over. Not really a travel agent here. Look, I told you what's going to happen. You know, starts me up. It's on to Atlanta. It's on to the ATL. Got to give him his credit. So, quick question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Let's start with the fact that it is a family-run business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's best beef jerky. Now, I've made this point many, many times, and I want to make it again right now. Beef jerky is not just beef jerky. I think some of you go to the store, and you reach for the beef jerky, and you think it's all the same. In fact, you might not even know what you're buying. That's a big mistake. 
Stop making that mistake. All beef jerky is not the same. In fact, there's nothing like Old Trapper. It is simply the best. Four mouth-watering flavors, so you can get your choice of whatever you want. Myself, I like them all the same. I bounce back and forth between each and every one of them. So you can do the same thing. They come in four-ounce bags. If you need to learn, do it that way. If you already know what you want, go with the 18-ouncer. That way there's enough for everybody, the entire unit, the entire family, the entire team. If you do not see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? I'm talking once again about Bruce Feldman. Bruce, had to bring you back given the news about Nick Saban. It's great to have you on. Bruce, how are you? Great to be on, Jim. Thanks for having me. All right, so in terms of reaction, Bruce, would you say that you're surprised or you're shocked that Nick Saban is retiring? And why do you think that he decided that now was the time? A little surprised. We started hearing rumblings uh, early yesterday afternoon and tried to confirm it. And people who were close to him would only say that it wouldn't surprise them if that happened. They didn't. They couldn't that it was going to happen last night as it did until the word started to spread and he had his team meeting with his players and wanted to make sure he told them first um you know look it, this he is he is 72 and this sport has gotten a chaotic sport has gotten even more chaotic in the last couple of years not just the transfer portal not just the nil the coaching calendar is completely out of whack and I think it's a lot of it's a big juggling act. And this is a guy who has always stayed two steps ahead of the competition. He's always been really masterful in how he's able to juggle staff and have coaches come and go and just keep getting better and better. Um, it, it's you'd always heard that at some point Nick Saban wanted to, to try his hand at TV and maybe end up at ESPN, maybe at college game day or something like that. And I think he looked at the time of his life now and said, you know what, I won seven national titles. Is there anything else? I felt like there's anything else I need to prove to anybody else. This is, this is probably the best move for everybody involved, especially him and his family. Bruce Feldman is joining us. Bruce, any sense of what Alabama's time frame might be for finding his successor? Uh, I was told when Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, met with the players yesterday, he told them, give me, give me 72 hours. That's not a lot of time, but again, because there's an open window when a coaching change happens, that Alabama players you know, could be bailing out. I don't, you know, right now, I understand that there's been one recruit who's looking around, but at this point, you know, this search is going on fast. I think Greg Burns had people in mind for a while. Um, there's going to be some really good candidates. As we know now, Dan Ladding, who had a massive buyout, has stated he's happy where he's at at Oregon. He was a former Saban assistant. That's really, uh, you know, was a guy who I think a lot of people felt would, would be a good fit there. There's some other guys in the mix. You know, does Steve Sarkeesian, who the Alabama brass really likes from his time there, who had obviously beaten Saban this year in Tuscaloosa, would he think it's a better situation to go to Alabama than what he has in Austin? I mean, I'm not sure about that one. Um, you have a guy like like Norvell, who's done a terrific job at Florida State. You have a guy like Kalen DeBoer. Who's never, both of those guys have never coached in the SEC, but you know, Caleb DeBoer 
has done an amazing job in a couple of years at Washington. And he also recently hired Jimmy Sexton, who's the big agent who also represents Nick Saban and most of the SEC coaches. I mean, those are some interesting names to keep an eye on, and, and maybe even Dabo Sweeney, who obviously beat Saban a couple times for national titles, and he played at Alabama. I just don't know if you know Alabama thinks he would be the right guy to take over. We are talking to Bruce Feldman. Bruce, I was actually going to ask you about every single one of those guys, and I might double back to some of them. But back to Lanning for a minute, I mean, that makes the most sense. Aside from that, just crazy, crazy buyout. But he was emphatic. He posted on social today in a video where he said as much. I'm not going anywhere. The grass is not always greener. If you had to get inside his head, why do you think, I mean, maybe it's a comfort level, but why do you think that he would prefer Eugene over Tuscaloosa and Oregon over Alabama? I think there's a couple of factors here. You know, he's got a young family. From whatever I've talked to him, he said they really like it there in Eugene. I think he knows, you know, he worked in the SEC, first at Alabama and then at Georgia. He knows what the SEC fishbowl is like. I also think he realizes they have a loaded team again this year. They came close to making a four-team playoff this past year. He gets Dylan Gabriel, who's coming there from, from Oklahoma, terrific quarterback, great fit for them. He's got this, I feel like, he knows Oregon has the NIL piece figured out as well as anybody got the relationship with Phil Knight, which is a huge piece for them to play. They got terrific facilities. And I would not at all be surprised if they win the big 10 in their first season in the league and they can make a run of the national title there. So I, I think rather than be the guy who followed Nick Saban and that has a ton of weight to it, I think he knows that he can, he can have a really special thing up there in Eugene, Oregon. Bruce Feldman's joining us. You're right. Always tough to be the guy to follow the guy and even tougher to be the guy to follow the goat. But I'll tell you, a guy who's got no fear, somebody we have not discussed, and that would be Lane Kiffin, which would be pretty wild, right? Let's just talk about this for a minute. I mean, he knows how things are done there. He has been there before. He would not shy away from the expectations. Where would you slot Lane in all of this? You know, he obviously knows what it's like in Tuscaloosa from work there. I mean, he's done a good job at, at Ole Miss, and he's learned from, from Nick Saban. I think the tricky part is, you know, remember, he was basically shoved out the door right before the national title game when he took the FAU job. And he's also the same guy who was tweaking Nick Saban right before they played. And just, you know, I don't know if they would feel like he's the guy they want to replace Nick Saban. I don't think Lane Kiffin would have any fear of being the guy to replace uh, to replace Saban. I just wonder if they would feel comfortable with him in control of everything because there's just so many public moments there. And some of the stuff Lane does, while it may play well on social media, I think for for some other folks, I think it doesn't sit well. And so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical that they would go in that direction. I think you make a very good point. Bruce Feldman joining us for a couple of more moments. Hey, Bruce, back to Sark for a minute. Do you think the Bama job is better than the job he has right now? I think it actually is. Now, look, you probably can get more stuff done administratively, you know, through Alabama football than you can maybe with some some red tape that you might have at Texas. But the other big piece of this is he's right now at Texas. He replaced Tom Herman. He goes to Tuscaloosa. He's replacing Nick Saban. That is a way different expectation level. And, you know, your recruiting base is still, still really strong in Austin, just as it would be. I just think the part about replacing Saban compared to replacing Tom Herman is a way different dynamic. But 
you know, I know that people in Tuscaloosa really thought highly of Sark from his time there, and I know he he, he saw a lot of positives with him with with that situation from his experience in Tuscaloosa. Hey, Bruce, how much of a say do you think that Nick Saban has in his successor? I know he's going to have a voice in it. I, I don't think it'll it'll be his decision, obviously, but I think he will have a lot of feedback. I mean, there's you know, there's guys out there you'd say, okay, this is somebody I could see them, you know, kicking the tires on, but I think they got to move so fast. Um, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see what they do because, you know, the AD told them – Told the players, let you know, give me seventy-two hours. That's gotta, you gotta work fast on that. I think that's wild. One last stop before you go, Bruce. What about Kalen DeBoer? Like everybody who knows knows this guy's a hell of a football coach on every single level. I mean, th- there is so much to like about this guy. He is an amazing football man. Do you think that he would want that? Like, if you had to get inside his head, what's his headspace like? Because he's in a really good spot too. Do you think that he would want to be the guy to follow the guy? Do you think he'd want to be in the SEC? Great question. I mean, he is a terrific coach. I think he's one of the five best coaches in college football right now. He did an amazing job turning that program around from a four and eight season the year before he showed up. The one part that I don't, you know, like that makes me a little curious is just recently he hired, he switched agents to go with Jimmy Sexton, who's the biggest agent in college football, who's also Nick Saban's agent, also represents most of the SEC head coaches. And while I know that he's never been that guy, you know, to be work in the SEC, I mean, he's hired somebody who knows that landscape. So who knows? It's a, I guess it's possible. It's pretty amazing that we could find out within the next 72 hours. Last thought, what about Dabo? I mean, a few years ago, Bruce, it would have been a no-brainer, right? He played ball there. He was beating Nick Saban in big games. Do you think that Bama would have any interest in Dabo at this point? I think they could. I mean, he beat him twice, uh, you know, for national titles. The part that gives me a little skepticism is it feels like the program has backslid in the last three years. It certainly has. He struggled to navigate the transfer portal and be open to it. I just don't know if, if that would be the direction they would go after that. Bruce Feldman is a national college football insider for The Athletic, also a college football reporter for Fox Sports, a best-selling author as well, and came back on to talk about Nick Saban. Bruce, really appreciate you. I didn't want to go back to you so soon. However, on a story like that, I knew I had to. So thanks so much for doing that. Always great to be on with you, Jim. Thanks Thank for having me. Thank you, Bruce. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery for free. If your battery needs to be replaced, our professional parts people can help you find the right super start battery for your vehicle and budget. Don't wait. Get your battery tested for free today at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. He is Josh Craves. Josh, it's been a minute. It's great to have you on the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. What's up, Jim? What's up, my dude? Like you said, man, but thanks for having me. Dude, it's so yes. good to get caught up. So good to get caught up. So good to see you. Thanks for joining us via Zoom. So let me get your thoughts. You played your college ball in Ohio at Kent State. You went on. You had an amazing career with the Browns. You still live in Cleveland. You know that fan base as well as anybody. Set the scene for us. What is the vibe and the mood like in C-Town as the Browns get ready to take on the Texans Saturday? It is very electric. Cleveland and 
and in Ohio for that matter. For the whole Browns nation, we're watching. We're ready. Everybody is getting goosebumps. We see something on the verge of Lake Erie that hasn't happened before. This team led by a, a head coach who's head coach of the year, who's bringing this team back into the forefront. Unlike any injuries on top of injuries, we're ready. We're primed. I, I, I'm, I have a case of Flacco fever. I didn't at first because it's, it's amazing for me because I played against Joe Flacco in the Ravens several times, several years. And to be, to be cheering for him in the way that I am, it's weird, but it's still electrifying at the same time because the Browns are on their way. I love that, Josh. That is so great. Josh Cribbs joining us. It's weird, given how many times you knocked heads with them when you played. You know, it's kind of inside of you to, to not like the guy at all, and now you're all about the guy. Let me ask you another part about that. You're 40. You're 40 now. This dude's about to turn 39, and he was cut by the Jets. There was no interest in him from anybody else in the NFL. How blown away are you by what he's doing, what he's doing, because he's doing a lot more than just managing games? is the reason why I think Coach Stefanski wins Coach of the Year. There was no story like this when Coach, Coach Stefanski was a rookie head coach. There, he was the top story, bringing this quote-unquote franchise out of the dark into the light. But the story right now is Joe Flacco with a Nick Chubb and all old stars that we have. But no, it's Joe Flacco with a host of backups who are playing as a team and is led by Coach Stefanski and, and to have Joe Flacco come off the bench, come off the couch where weeks ago he was probably enjoying a nice beer watching football himself and got a call like, oh, the Browns. And to now be leading this post he's done several years in a row I think it's just amazing. Josh Cribbs joining us. It's incredible. You mentioned Nick Chubb. Shoot me straight, Josh. When he went down with that knee injury in September 18th, honestly, what went through your mind? Did you think the season was over in that moment? In that moment, I was so sick to my stomach, as uh, as was a lot of it. The game, even though we were playing the, the Steelers, Nick Chubb, the most humble guy that you would love to root for, was gone. And it happened in an instant. So to see that and to understand what the Browns have come through, I, I didn't think that they had a shot. Because that, that wasn't the only injury. There was injury on top of injury. Injury. To see the, where they are now, remarkable, Jim. It's incredible. Josh Cribbs joining us. Josh, the one thing is, defense has been great. The defense has been lights out. You've got Miles Garrett, who we know is an absolute beast. How do you see the matchup, Josh, between C.J. Stroud and the Texans offense against a Browns D, which has been so great this year? I'm glad you said it correctly, because a lot of people were C.J. Stroud versus Joe Flacco. That's the case. C.J. Stroud is going against...
guys up front. Not only that, but the, the trio, Denzel Pro Bowler, Denzel Ward. Make them know your name, charity shirt. Denzel Ward, Ed Newsom, and Martin Emerson, who also was supposed to be a, a, a Pro Bowler. However, they have the best grade as a as a as a pair and as a trio in the NFL. So they'll be going up against CJ Stroud. And he had he's I don't want to take nothing from CJ, but he has his work cut out for him. He's been playing good. He's a, a force for them and he is their future. However, Browns is coming back to town. And this ain't the regular season. And they're ready. Josh Cribbs joining us. Josh, I got to ask you because you and I used to have so many conversations when you were just tearing it up. I want you to go back for a minute. You were such an incredible return man and a threat to take it to the house every single time you touched it, scoring 11 touchdowns on returns. I want to know, how much of your success do you think was a result of pure speed? And then how much of it was your just being utterly fearless and always blocking out the possibility that you could take a massive hit or get totally blown up on a return by the opposition? You know, that, uh, that's a really good question because um, our unit, our special teams unit, those guys fought for me as if they were the guys that's running the, running the ball. They would come to me even through, throughout penalties. Uh, Ray Ventrone, Bubba Ventrone, the current coordinator, uh, special teams coordinator for the Browns, he was one of the guys blocking for me on punt return and kick return. And we also was next to each other on kickoff cover. So we had we were in a league of our own. And I, I was, I love to cover just as much as I love to return. So knowing both responsibilities and having a bunch of guys all moving towards one goal, kind of like this Browns team is now, I think uh, helped catapult me and set me in a league of my own because I, I'm not known just as a returner, a uh, top returner. When you mentioned top returns, uh, I was a top cover guy as well in this football league for years and I enjoyed it and loved it more than I did returning. Dude, I, I love that you just said that. Explain that to me. How could you, because you were so explosive and so amazing as a return man, why did you enjoy being a cover guy more than a return man? Oh man, to see these guys, every accolade that I would get year by year, they would have me as bulletin board material. They would do the press conferences. I seen even Belichick got on there. We got if we stop cribs, uh, we'll we'll do good. If we do this, we'll do good. And it was all against me. And I just love to have the chance to return the favor. I would have just as many uh, uh, accolades and uh, uh, success covering and making tackles, forcing fumbles on coverage. And I had so much fun guys try to tackle me I'm like oh oh, okay you tackle me now it's my turn I think that's awesome. Josh Gribbs joining us. Uh, I think that's awesome where you turned that thing on its head and went the other way with it. Listen, before I let you go, I did mention off the top, you're co-hosting a program with your wife. It's a video podcast. It's available on YouTube and The X. How much are you enjoying being a content creator and what's it like to host a show with your wife? Man, I love it. It has its ups and downs. Don't tell my wife. I hope she's not around. But uh, it's it's amazing, you know, to get our perspectives because it's and uh, a lot of other things bleed for commentary. But the fandom here in Cleveland, around the country for the Browns, 
NFL football, all things Cleveland, the entertainment part, the trending stories. We love to talk about it, and it's exciting for the both of us. I love it. I love it. Josh Graves, former NFL wide receiver, a return specialist, and don't forget, an extraordinary cover man as well. It's a big game this weekend, Texans and Browns. Josh, so good to get caught up with you, man. I appreciate it. Great to hear your voice. Great to see your face. And really good to have you on the show, man. Thank you very much. Jim, man, have me back anytime. I love you, baby. You too, bro. (laughs) You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. It is the beef segment. You can beef about anything you want. Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. Doesn't matter. Sports, non-sports. You know this drill. Family, friends, life, work, business, sports, anything. Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. Just make sure you get in and out. Hit it hard. Get in, get out. Let's keep moving, all right? Let me run it down. I'm going to start with the call-in beefs. First start, Akron, Mark. Great to have you, Mark. What's your beef? Hey, Jimbo, my beef is with people who begin a sentence with so. So what? So you didn't say anything before that. So I went to the park today. So I called my sister. So they call me the gully man, and I'm 67 years old. Come on! (laughs) I think he self-glossed, didn't he? So? Thank you, Alvin. How about this? So... I think he's self-glossed, Alvin. So, are you going to run that guy, Alvin? So, what's with my Wi-Fi? There we go. Let's go to Tempe, Jake. Good to have you, Jake. What's your beef? My beef is with Frank Vogel and his giant pearly whites patrolling the sideline here in Phoenix. I think he's got VIP tickets to the Waste Management Open in Scottsdale in a few weeks because he's hot garbage. I'm out. <laughs> 1-800-636-8686. I'm still a Frank Vogel guy. I, I know why you're disappointed. Your team is not playing to expectation. I get it. But I'm still a Frank Vogel guy. Let's go to C-Town. Good to see Cleveland coming back in. Mark in Cleveland. Great to have you, Mark. What is your beef? <laughs> I love my Jay Cribs. God, I love that man. Hey, uh, mine's with my wife. She she won't use the wipers until you can't see. And I said, those are $20 wipers or whatever, but she don't even put the brakes on until 10 foot before stop sign. I said, I said I'll put the, I'll pay $20. Ah. No. My man, you were coming from a good place, and I could tell your energy was good, but you cannot follow simple directions. Get in, get out. State your beef, keep moving. You don't need to keep restating how much the wipers cost. What is your beef? This is pretty simple. State your beef. Hang up the phone.
so I can get to the next call. 1-800-636-8686. Let me go to Sacktown and show you how it's done. This guy doesn't really do anything in life well except this. He's pretty good at this. Ryan in Sacktown. Ryan, what's your beef? Hey, what's up, Snagger? Are you sure that last call wasn't from Baco? <laughs> Come on. But anyways, uh, my beef is with anybody that invites you over for refreshments. I mean, it's not appetizers. It's not lunch. It's not snacks. It's refreshments. Do I eat before? I mean, at best, refreshments are a smorgasbord of whatever was on sale put onto the table. At worst, they're picked through stale, open, thrown flea market snacks placed into cheap china. Oh, and if you compliment refreshment host, you might get a 20-minute how-to on how to make their favorite casserole. You're welcome. Hey, Ryan, what do you don't understand about getting it out? State your beef. You know what you should have done, Ryan, that would have worked better for you? When you said to me, hey, Romeo, are you sure that call wasn't from Baco? You should have hung up. That would have been fine. It wouldn't have been a beef. It would have been a question. It would not have been a beef segment. It would have been the question segment, but it would have been funny. Hey, by the way, the aforementioned Hortons, the royalty of Instagram, they live in Baco. And they're crushing it. They're crushing it. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to San Antonio. Michael, great to have you. What's your beef? Hey, what's up, Rome? What's up? I got a beef with uh, television programs, man. I can barely hear what I'm watching, so I turn on the surround, turn it up a little bit. Then the commercials come on and blast me out of my seat. Then my wife comes out of the room yelling, would you turn it down? So the rest of the afternoon, it's mute, unmute, mute, unmute, mute, unmute. That's my beef, Rome. I got you, dude. I see you working because I would turn that thing on its head. That's Dodger Jano and I. It's the same exact way. She's got the TV up, and then the commercials come on, and they blast you out of the house. I'm like, DJ, can you please turn the TV down? She's like, it's the commercials. It's the commercials, and neither of you are wrong. Let's go back to the top. We go to Arkansas. Ron, good to have you. Ron, how are you? What's your beef? Hey, Jim, here's the beef. The last time the Detroit Lions was in a position like we were, Malcolm's ex-name, for God's sakes, was Detroit Red. If you come into Ford Field with a Matthew Stafford jersey on, we got problems with you. Rome, I'm ghost. I like it, man. I like it. It's a big controversy this week. And who do you think inserted herself into the middle of that controversy this week? Kelly. Kelly. Of course they're going to have a problem if you show up in their house with a Stafford jersey. What do you expect? But I'm going to tell you what's going to be a bigger problem. You know what's going to be a bigger problem? If Stafford shows up in your house and does you, then you're going to have a much bigger problem. And don't think that that can't happen, Lion fan. Let me tell you something. This is not what you wanted. I think that you think this is what you want. This is not what you wanted. The Rams are dangerous. They're really dangerous. And if your dream season gets blown up by Stafford and the Rams and Kelly Stafford talking junk over you, it's going to be bad.
really bad. But to his point, I'm with you. I get it. And Kelly, you got to understand that, right? You got to understand. They're, they're no, they don't want to see your old man. They don't want to see any fans wearing your old man's gear. And I'm not sure anybody will but you. And that's fine. I get that. Even Jared Goff sort of kind of popped off in a way that Jared Goff can kind of sort of pop off because he doesn't. But he did say he's never going to lose that chip that he has over the Rams giving up on him, which is good. I like it. Speaking of Baco, and for the record, you know I love Baco. You don't know why I love Baco, but I love Baco. One day I may, you know what? I'm never going to tell you why. It's very personal. It's very personal. There's a deep, deep, deep secret buried deep within that only a few people know. But there's a reason why I always have Baco's back. Let's go to Drew and Baco. Drew, what's up? What's your beef? Rome, thanks for the vine. Um, yeah, I got a beef with anybody who calls in with a beef and then says the word Baco. Keep my wife's hometown out your mother bleeping mouth. The kind of person who uses the word smorgasbord on the air and then gets run has to be a pretentious D-bag. I'm out. I mean, dude, he's not, though. He's, he's anything but. He's not pretentious. I mean, he might be a D-bag. I, I just always get a kick out of a guy in Sacktown. You know I love you. I do. And there's not even a but. I love you. Full bleeping stop. I love Sacramento. But it's one thing for Beauregard from Pacific Palisades to judge everybody else in the world. But it's another from somebody who resides in Sacramento killing Baco. Am I the only one who finds that somewhat rich? A guy in Sacramento. Remember, Phil Jackson famously called Sacramento fans citizens of a cow town. So you got a guy in Sacramento cracking on other towns in Central Cali. I think that's rich. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Iowa, Jim. Great to have you. Jim, what's your beef? What is up? What is hey, up? Jim, my, my beef is with when I go through the drive-thru and I order my number five, and they say, well, do you want a medium or large with that? I said, no, uh, just give me the stupid number five. It's a small order. That's all I need. Thank you. What is up, Jim? Thank you. That was kind of weird. What is up? My beef is when I go through the drive-thru and I order a number five, and they ask me, do I want a medium or a large? No, I want the small, which is what comes with the number five. That is my beef. I am out. Thank you. That's the way of the world. Jim, you know this. Everybody's going to always try and upsell you. Always, always, always. Don't take that so personally. It's their job. They're told to do it. Just say, no, I'm good. I'll just take Cinco. Numero Cinco. I'll take the five. I'll take the combo as it is on the screen, please. 1-800-636-8686. Driftwood. All right, so here's a topic. I already know what he's going to beef about. We haven't gotten into it this week, but here is a topic, especially for fans of this of this game. Ben in Driftwood. Hey, Ben, what's your beef? Hey, Rome Skillet. I am so excited about Saturday's primetime matchup from the frozen tundra of Arrowhead. 
Dolphins better bring their long johns, their flipper warmers. Heck, Tyreek could even bring a suitcase full of Zippos and his kids, and it still won't be enough to keep that sideline hot. But what I'm really lit up about is the NBC and NFL's decision to put the game behind uh, paywall on the Peacock Network. Um, the Chiefs have the largest geographical territory of any team, and a lot of those teams or households are rural, and they might not even have internet or a streaming service to begin with. Uh, plus, uh, it just doesn't seem like good business sense to do it like that. Thanks, Rome. I'm out. I let him go because I kind of appreciate that. That was interesting. He's like, I don't get this. Okay, by the way, that game is exclusively on the Peacock. I don't know if you know that or not. They know that. <laughs> Chiefs fans know that. He said that geographically, we have the largest area, a rural area, and large parts of the area probably don't even have internet. Is that true? That's interesting, if true. If they not laid cable in that part of the country? And you got to pay for it. He goes, it doesn't make much business sense. The hell it doesn't. I think the Peacock paid $110 million for that game. No, believe me, it makes it makes business sense. There's nothing that the NFL does that doesn't make business sense for the NFL. Do you know why that is? Everything the NFL does is to make business sense for the NFL. Why do you think they're selling their product everywhere they can? Overseas, to streamers. Hell yes, it makes business sense for them. It's just largely inconvenient for you. And I'm not saying you're wrong to feel frustrated. Yeah, that, that would suck. Let's go to Massachusetts. Frank, great to have you. Frank, what's your beef? Uh, my beef is uh, my dog, Bruno, washes my dog. And three days later, my dog still stinks. I'm out. That sucks. What a drag. Can I tell you a story? I'll tell you what's worse than that. Even worse than washing your dog and three days later your dog still stinks. You know what you should do, first of all? Take your dog to James Kelly and let him wash it. Oh, that's right. That part of the business failed. James Kelly would say, it didn't fail. I just never started. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Breaking, Alvin, breaking news. Breaking news. James Kelly says... Bring the dog to surfing suds. Just got it up. It's up now. This week. Dude is washing dogs now. Wow. Dude, I thought the last time you and I talked about that, didn't you tell me on the air, maybe 2036? They're washing dogs. Wow. I got to tell you something. You know what's worse than that, though? We once, Dr. Jano and I went away, and we had a kitten because we lost our beloved cat, Alley Cat. Alley Cat was my best friend in the world. I'm not even going to apologize for it, man. You know why? Alley Cat never sent me OJ emails. Alley Cat never reset the Jardians Nation. Alley Cat just loved me unconditionally, man. That was my girl. Anyway, she dies. And it was super traumatic because she was 18, and that was my best friend. So we get this little ragdoll cat. Not Cody. Not Cody the ragdoll. Max the ragdoll. DJ and I go away. 
We checked the cat into a cat hotel. True story. True story. A luxury cat hotel. They washed the cat and the cat cardiac and died. We just bought the cat. The cat was really expensive. I was in love with the cat. And I loved, dude, I was in love with this cat. And we had, you know, young kids. So I don't know who took it worse. I'm at work and I'm calling DJ. Hey, how's Max? She's like, hey, how was the show? I'm like, the show's great, honey. How's Max? Because we had been away and she went and got Max. And I said, and she said, yeah, yeah. Hi. So who did you have on the show? I said, sweetheart, why do you care who I had on the show? Just tell me, how's Max? How's Max the ragdoll? She said, honey. I'm like, oh, bleep. No. She's like, you need to come home. I'm like, holy crap. The cat's dead. They killed the cat. They washed the cat. And the cat died. The cat cardiac. So then we got to tell the kids. So we're telling him, it was either Jake or Logan. I can't remember who. Yeah, he went to visit his other kitty friends in another neighborhood. And we went with that story for like a week. And the kid, I can't remember which kid it was, Jake or Logan, they just kept asking, when is Max going to come back from vacation? When is Max coming home? When is Max coming back? How, why is Max still with his friends? You know, because the kid was like four or three or whatever it was. So anyway, dude, I, I'm sorry that your dog still smells. But at least you still have a dog. We walk, and, and, and even worse, we didn't ask for the cat to be washed. I guess that just kind of came with the package. The hotel package. Slider. <laughs> you seen. And we bought, we bought the cat from a pet store at Fashion Island. And I had a, a personal assistant who went to the owner and said, hey, we got a problem. That cat, they sold Jim Rome. Yeah, he's dead. We'd like our money back. Because it was an expensive cat. He's like, that's not my problem. LOL. It's not your problem. And then, then my personal assistant went hardball. I, I, didn't in, I didn't tell them to do this. But they're like, it's Jim Rome's cat. Do you really want that issue? Oh, no. No, here's your money. Sorry, sorry that I... In, you know what I just did? Hey, Alvin, run me. I said to keep it moving. And I just gave you this long diatribe. No. You don't like what a hypocrite I am. It all comes around, man. Because soon the cats we have now will be dead too. DJ, man, I hope she's not listening. She's going to be so upset. Honey, they're 16. They're not going to live forever. Let's go back to Baco. I love it. Jack in Bakersfield. Jack, what's your beef? As if I didn't know, but what's your beef? Hey, my beef is I got two of them real quick. One, as a sixth-generation cattle rancher, I got a beef with anybody calling Sacramento a cow town. It is not. And number two, anybody that's running down the city of Bakersfield by, and calling it Baco in the same sentence, I got a real beef with that. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, let me ask you something. It, can I not call it Baco? It, I, I mean no disrespect by that. I don't even know the answer to that. Do you find that disrespectful? Is that... Is me calling Bakersfield Baco the equivalent of me calling San Francisco Frisco? I know that pisses off no cows. That's why I do it. But if calling Bakersfield Baco pisses you off, I'll stop doing it. I, I mean it out of respect. I love Bakersfield. 
and it's deeply personal to me, and I would tell you why if I could. Quote, Baco, help me out with that. Is it disrespectful? Because you know that's not my intent. Ryan is definitely trying to disrespect you. I love the way he said, as somebody who's running a lot of cattle, Sacramento's not an actual cow town. We are. That was a confusing call. Let's keep moving. You know who's going to get jammed? The written beefers, and they're going to cry about it again, I bet. But I'm having too much fun with the phones. Let's go to Oregon. Robert, good to have you. What's your beef, Robert? Hey, Rome, the problem I have, the beef I have is with bike lanes. Every time I turn a corner, there's a new bike lane. My truck doesn't even fit on the road anymore. And guess what you never see on a bike lane? You never see a bike. You see two-wheeled motorized vehicles, bicycles, skateboards, scooters, two-wheeled motorized vehicles on the bike lane, and they're taking away my road. Uh, that's my beef, man. Okay, Driving dude, nuts. I feel you. you. You know Cycling Nation. They're not going to like that. They, they definitely are likes to fight nation. Cycling nation. They will tell you they have every bit as much of a right to the road as you do. I hear what you're saying. Just stay in your lane. No pun intended. 1-800-636-8686. Here's my thing, Tommy. I would keep this going, but we want original beefs. If there are repeat beefs, let's go to the written beefs. Is there anybody on the screen you like? Okay, let's read some. Kirby, Jim. Whoop, he's gone. (laughs) Jim, my beef is with Belichick haters. Hey, idiots. Phil Jackson would be less successful without Pippen and Jordan. Or Shaq and Kobe. Of course, legendary players help with one success. Take your short-term memory issues to a specialist. Wesley, near Boise. Romy, my beef is with people who start a sentence by saying, maybe it's just me. Well, who else would it be? You're the only one talking here. Of course, it's just you, you silly nit. Chris in Colorado Springs. This says, my beef. Adults who ask other adults if they can have a bite of their food. Vince in Fresno. A little weird. It's good beef. Don't do that. Especially if you're not related or if you're not, it's not your spouse. I mean, why don't you just, just go for it? Don't wait to be offered and don't ask. Just stab. Just go onto the plate. Just take it. Just take what you want. Take what you think is rightfully yours. You're at the same table. You're entitled to their food. You wouldn't care if they did it to you, right? At Scott88513, quote, My beef this week is with the NFL for scheduling the Chiefs-Dolphins game on Saturday night, making fans show up and the players play in the worst weather in NFL history. Dude, are you a Chief fan? That's not even a Peacock beef. That's a Saturday night, the weather's going to be minus 400 degree beef. But dude, my question is this. I think you are. Are you a Chiefs fan? I told you, I've been there in those elements. They don't care. They're impervious. They don't get cold. At least they didn't seem to that day. Dear James Rome III, Chancellor of the 818. 
My beef is with servers who ask, what brings you in tonight? Um, we're at a restaurant. On a side note, two plus two is four. Regards, Steve K in Calgary. I don't know, Steve. I think what they're asking is special occasion. Or maybe they're not. What brings me in tonight? Uh, I'm hungry. Can I get a menu, please? Hey, pimp. I have a beef with In-N-Out Burger. This awesome burger, i.e., the Double Double Burger franchise, will finally be coming to Albuquerque, but not until the year 2027? Come on, In-N-Out. Get here now. Got to wait three more years? Thanks, Jim. John in the 505. Dude, you're lucky they even perform for you bastards. Leave In-N-Out alone. And I hate, I hate to say that about Albuquerque and Original Four. Dude, I, I know having worked for that franchise, they were never leaving the state of California. It's amazing that that family ever took that brand out of the state of California. It's going to take time. They're doing it the right way. They're expanding the right way. If you want a double-double, and you should, because it's, here it comes, wait for it, the best fast food burger there is, period, you have to go to them. Or wait patiently. It's their world. Why are they doing that? The same reason anybody does anything. Because they can. And especially In-N-Out can. Jim Hers. All right, I already know who it's from. If it's directed to Jimmers, I know who it's from. Jim, and, and then, then I can't wait to find out what it says. Because she's dangerous. Jimmers? I got beef with my mother-in-law. The next time you get mad at me, how about we have a little convo instead of you putting your dirty, beat-up, old pair of 1996-era drawers in with my whites. Not cool, you beat-down old bag. Abigail War Cemeteries. War Lady Clones. Abby. Are you rooting for your mother-in-law to die? War cemeteries? You know what you should do, Abby? You should go old school and get like a boombox. Put it on your shoulder and parade around the house, bumping on a loop. Time to die! And see if your mother-in-law picks up on that. You should say, hey, mom, I got a song. I love this song. I think you will, too. Do it, Alvy. I'll even let Alvy produce it up for you, Abby. You know what that is? That's a new alarm. The time to die alert. The time to die alarm. Hey, we gotta drop that on somebody. I mean, I don't wish that on anybody, but somebody's gonna wish that on somebody. We should just have it just in case. We should have that in our back pocket. Hold on, hold on, Alvin. First of all, great job, Alvin. Or as Nick Casario would say, Alan, great job producing that up. Hey, Jimmers, not cool, you beat down old bag. Thank you, Alan. Signed, Abigail, War Cemeteries. War hey, Lord Abigail, Lord. I got a new alarm for you. It's the time to die alarm. Do you think she'll get the hint? Do you think she'll know what you mean by that? Are you rolling tape on this, Abby? 
Abby, you should put this in your phone. And then hold it up. Hold it up to her face. Hey, Mom. All right, let's keep moving. This next one says, Jim, my beef is with paper towel dispensers. They spit out two inches of paper towels at a time. Who do they think their target market is? Kenny Pickett? Where's the other alarm, Alvy? I wonder if we can get a third alarm in a row. Hey, Jim. My beef is with Impossible Burgers. There is zero need for a slab of meat that fake bleeds. Just eat your greens or one of those 1990s veggie patties and kill this demand for faux meat. Wesley, near Boise. Jim. At least the guy's going back to back. My beef is with social laundromat people. This isn't speed dating. I don't know about you, but I'm here because I don't own a washer. Just let me load, unload, and leave. Wesley, near Boise. Nice job, Wesley. Back to back. Jim, my beef is with Costco. Why do they need someone guarding the entrance? What's going to happen? Somebody's going to sneak in and buy something? Jake in Reno County. Hey, Jake, is this because you're not a member and they won't let you in? They don't like your kind? It's members only, dude. They're keeping out non-members, I think. It says, my beef is with my girlfriend of five years leaving me and my job laying me off two weeks before Christmas. And then he included a GoFundMe link. He didn't sign his name. He just included the GoFundMe link. Signed, GoFundMe. Signed, GoFund.me slash 48F9ED87. You're welcome, brother. I'm sorry about that. That sucks. I'm going to read it again. GoFund. Dot me slash 48F9ED87. Good luck, my man. Hey, Van Smack, my beef is with Jim from Iowa. I'm pretty sure he's at the drive-thru to feed whoever is tied up in his basement. What a creeper. Vaughn in Knoxville. That was the fast food guy. He, like I said, he was a little, hey, listen, man, if the guy's a serial killer, I don't want to get on the wrong side of him. I'm just going to leave it alone. All right, this guy answers my question. I have lived in Bakersfield for 28 years. I have never met somebody here who hates Bako. Most of us call it that ourselves. Out, Eric Bolstad. Thanks, Eric. That helps. Okay, good. Because if you didn't like it and I was insulting you without knowing it, I would have stopped. Now we're done. I think we set a record without even trying to. A 31-minute beef segment. This is why I love, 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 love my friends from Old Trapper. Good night now!